Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, on this week's show, we're talking all about stroke, something one in six people will have at some time in their life. With World Stroke Day happening on the 29th of October, we thought it was the perfect time to bring you all the information you need to take action against a stroke and to chat about why it's so common in Ireland. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. John McCabe, consultant geriatrician and stroke physician from the Matter Hospital. Tell us everything we need to know. John, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you in. First of all, one in six, that's a scary stat. Everyone will sit up and listen just like I did when I read it. Um, That's a mad number, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, when you put it in sort of basic terms, you know, stroke is the le- is the leading cause of disability worldwide. So not just in Ireland. Um, so when you think about th- disabling conditions people may know of, Parkinson's disease, dementia, multiple sclerosis, stroke is it beats all of those to the top table. And also stroke is the second most common cause of death worldwide. So it's a really important uh, condition uh, to be aware about. And also for not just for lay people, but also in terms of research, in terms of trying to break new treatments, it's it's really, really important. And tell us, what is it? I suppose that's the, that's the obvious place to start. We've mentioned it and told people how scary you know the, the stats are, but what is a stroke? So um, probably it's our own fault as doctors that everyone knows what a heart attack is, everyone knows what cancer is, um, but very few people actually really understand fundamentally what a stroke is. Uh, broadly speaking, um, you can divide stroke into two types. The most common uh, type of stroke is what we call an ischemic stroke. In an ischemic stroke, a clot um, most commonly travels to the brain or occasionally can originate within the brain and it causes a blockage to one of the arteries of the brain. Now, that artery can be a small artery, in which case you get a small stroke, or it can be a large artery that gets blocked, in which case it's usually a larger and more serious stroke. Um, When the artery gets blocked, the blood supply uh, to the brain supplied by that artery is lost. And usually, actually, within minutes, that part of the brain will start dying. And unless you can um, unblock the artery, either either by luck, by chance, spontaneously it might happen, or more commonly with treatments, that part of the brain will, will die and be permanently damaged. The second type of stroke that we see is what we call a hemorrhagic stroke or you know, brain hemorrhage. And this causes about 10% of the strokes that we see. But unfortunately, brain hemorrhage is associated with quite a substantial disability. And in terms of all the disabling strokes that we see, it probably uh, corresponds to about half of the disabling strokes. So um, so by and large, um, um, that these are the two types of strokes. Probably in terms of what what, what people may um, not understand is about stroke is, first of all, it's a disorder of the brain. And secondly, um, it usually presents with um, uh, impairments of the brain. So the symptoms usually being loss of speech, um, or loss of the power in the arms or legs or the face. Okay. And why does it happen to people? Like, what are the what are the the causes of it? 
So um, the leading causes um, probably in order of importance would be first and foremost high blood pressure. Um, secondly would probably be um, atrial fibrillation, which is an irregular heartbeat, uh, known in lay terms as an irregular heartbeat. And we see atrial fibrillation being the most common uh, cause of stroke in, at older stages in life. Um, we also know that age is a very important risk factor to stroke. We see a lot more strokes as people get older, but I would stress that we can see stroke at any stage in life. Um, other important risk factors would be smoking, high cholesterol, obesity, diabetes, low physical activity, um, and also probably diet is important as well. Okay, so there's lots of kind of, there's lots of uh, normal day-to-day -day things you can do to reduce your risk of absolutely. stroke, such as the you know, diet, movement, healthy weight, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't stress that enough. I think um, the way I would put it is if you if you think about the, our, our arteries that we have, it's a scary thing to think about it. But when we're teenagers, the start of the process of atherosclerosis, which is blockage to the arteries, actually starts when we're actually wow. as young as 15 years of age. So it's a cradle to the grave disease. So you can do a lot in, in your early stages of life and midlife especially to try and prevent yourself having heart disease or stroke later on in life. And, and it's a lot about the lifestyle that we live that will predict those things. And if anyone listening in is concerned already, because we're throwing lots of scary numbers around, how, how do you check for it or do you check for it? Um, so because there's lots of different things that can be com combined together, increase your risk of having a stroke. Um, there are lots of things that you can do. Probably the single most important thing message I would give to your listeners is that um, check your blood pressure. So um, if we eliminated high blood pressure today, we would prevent 50% of all the strokes that happen wow. across the world. So getting your blood pressure checked is probably the most important thing you can do. And I would say anyone from the ages of 40 years of age probably should be getting their blood pressure checked once a year. And it's a relatively You say easy that like thing. it's old. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in midlife, you know, starts I get my checked on a regular basis, though, I will admit. Uh, talk to me about stress then. Is stress a factor? Or is that just something that's like a, an old wives' tale? I would say, by and large, it's an old wives' tale. Okay. Um, stress is not the most common, uh, is not usually a factor in the strokes that we see, but there are very rare exceptions to that. And on an Irish level, how common are strokes? Is it the same as the stat that we had in the introduction? Yeah, so, so about 7,500 strokes a year happen. Um, and about 2,000 people, unfortunately, will die of a stroke. So the mortality rate is in and around 10%. Um, and um, the other thing to, to, note, to know about it is that because it is associated with disability, that about 10% of our survivors who have stroke will end up, in, um, unfortunately, in needing long-term care or nursing home care. And the after effects of a stroke, then, so we've talked through disability being one of them. And is that just a, uh, is there a neuro, dis neuro issues or is it just a physical disability? Yeah, so I, both, I suppose just to put it in very simple terms, the dis when we talk about disability, we mean, um, you know, about a third of people will live with um, considerable disability that they will not be able to look after their own affairs without help. Mm -hmm. And those things we're talking about would be an inability to walk without assistance, um, in, unfortunately, an in, inability to look after things like washing and dressing, for instance, or even more, more um, um, basic things like looking after your own affairs, like your financial affairs. And those things can all be affected by stroke. And also, very frustratingly, some people lose the ability to speak or communicate appropriately. And obviously, that's very frustrating. 
And then I suppose the other thing I would mention about stroke, which is is not is sort of lost, not just in the lay, lay in in terms of general people's understanding of stroke, but also even doctors themselves, is that people who survive stroke often often have difficulty with their memory, so how their brain works, what we call cognition. So stroke is a big risk factor for developing dementia. Okay, and. Someone who's having a stroke then from, uh, let, let's flip that on its head. So we've talked lots about strokes and obviously what they do and so on and so forth. Someone who's having a stroke, and I'm trying to remember the ad, there was a TV ad, was it last, uh, before COVID anyway, so it was a couple of years ago. And there was a, like a, like a suit, like a, like a pseudonym for, for, for what to look for. Yeah. I think we should, it, it's helpful to run through that for people listening in that, because yeah. then they can spot if a stroke is happening. Absolutely. Happened. Yeah. So the 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 what you're talking about is the fast campaign. That's it. Yes. So um unfortunately the problem with these campaigns is when they stop people, people forget. forget. <laughs> and um and and there's a lot of evidence to show that if you don't if you don't keep up the education people forget. Okay. So uh, fast stands for face, arm, uh, speech and time. So facial weakness, arm weakness, Disturbance of speech, like the person may not be able to speak properly or understand spe speech properly. And then the last component, uh, critically, is time, because time is the most important predictor of whether or not someone is going to respond to treatment or not. So get the person into hospital as, so as soon as you can. Don't wait, call an ambulance. Don't wait longer than five minutes, call an ambulance if someone has these symptoms and you come across them. Okay, so as soon as you see any of those symptoms, it's literally straight away. It's you know, ambulance is the first thing to do, or straight into hospital. Straight in as as quickly as you can. There's no time to waste. Have we seen is a change the way you know society is changing in terms of health and health mm. stats, and we see society as a population is getting you know from a, a healthy weight perspective, it's worsening. Are we seeing stroke stats in line with that? Well, it's an interesting question, and the answer is kind of confusing. Okay. So the overall number of strokes we're seeing is actually increasing. Okay. Um, and that is because population is getting older. Okay. Um, but if you live to seventy or eighty now, or through your seventies and eighties, you're actually on balance overall less likely to have a stroke. Does that make sense? Okay. Because your your health is um, some aspects of. So we're of aging healthcare. healthier. We're aging healthier, but because we're living overall, society is living longer. We're starting to see more strokes as people hit sort of their eighties and nineties. People are surviving and surviving uh, conditions that previously would have uh, killed them. Um, things like heart attacks or um, TB or other other infectious diseases. And because they're living longer, uh, they're they're getting strokes. Okay, folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Lay Healthcare. We're chatting all things stroke health. Fascinating uh, so far. It's brilliant. And it's great when we get an expert in who just lays it out very simply and gives us the kind of tips and the tools that we need. So we know what to do if someone is having a stroke, which is great. We've got some really good stats around stroke and what strokes actually are, which is really good. We mentioned earlier on about you know reducing in that kind of midlife, so 30, 40, 50 onwards, uh, reducing the risk of having a stroke or, 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 or trying to undo some of the, if you had, you know, if you were unhealthy in your 20s, so on and so forth. Let's chat through some more of those lifestyle changes for people that people can do across, you know, the obvious supping, food, movements and weight potentially or presumably uh, to reduce their stroke risk factors. Yeah, I think the, the key message I would say is anyone that's in their 40s or 50s now they should be getting their blood pressure checked once, probably once a year. Okay, annual checkup. That's tip number one. Yeah. Um, things like getting your cholesterol checked is is an easy thing to do. Um, thirdly, I think is that the things that we do in everyday everyday life really really matter. 
So not just the obvious things like smoking too much uh, or smoking at all, sorry, drinking too much alcohol, um, but also obesity uh, um, exercise increasingly has been recognized as being really, really important to keeping your, your, your heart healthy, but also your brain healthy long term. So being fit um, as you as you go through life is a really strong predictor of whether or not you get dementia, heart disease and stroke. And is there any relation for that with in terms of an exercise intensity, you know, from a, like a low intensity movement versus a slightly higher intensity movement? We know if there's if there's a if there's a correlation between the two. Um, I'm no expert on it, but yeah. um, being sort of aerobically fit in some in some capacity is quite important. So basically, you know, as you're fitter with a lower resting heart rate as as a gauge of that, where you're reducing your chance of stroke risk later in life and, and all kind of health related conditions. Absolutely, okay, yeah. great. So, move, you know, movement and you know, it's mo- like the government RDAs, they recommended move intensity, moderate intensity, to get the heart kind of pumping a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really really important message. Um, one of the things that we're seeing, uh, again, not to frighten people, uh, but we're seeing actually increasing stroke um, in younger people, yeah, so right. under the age of 50. And and the predominant cause of that actually is low physical activity, wow. uh, is felt to be the most leading risk factor, that on high blood pressure that's sort of silent okay. in young life. So um, being fit is really, really important. It's not the only thing. Um, there's, there's a bundle of things that are important to keep yourself healthy. But I, I think exercise is something that really is underestimated. Okay, so nailing that, you know, 30 minutes a day, 180 minutes a week of moderate intensity exercise, that's the minimum. That's the requirement from the government. That's what they tell us we should be doing. Absolutely. I think the, the thing I would say is I don't want to be preaching too much about this because I know how difficult life is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we all have busy lives. and But I think it's about developing a habit. What's What becomes... Um, sort of a habit, what you're, you kind of do every single day or every single week. Once you get into a habit of doing that thing, it becomes easier to do it because you make time uh, in your life for those things, um, whether it's cooking a right, the right dinner, um, whether it's going to the gym, it's going out for... Uh, going out for a run or a walk, all those things really, really matter, and yeah, they really, the, really help. The, well, the message you give in cross is that you know any healthy habits are going to help reduce your chance of stroke. And that, that's, that's it, and that you know it's 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 which is it, the simplicity of it is fantastic. Is there a genetic component to it? So if you have a a, a sibling or a, a grandparent or a parent who had stroke who had a stroke, are you at a higher risk of of having one yourself? Um, that's that's a difficult question to ask because it can depend on a lot of different things. By and large, genetics probably does play a factor overall, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean because you have a mother or father or, or a sister or brother that have had a stroke that you're particularly at higher risk, I would say. Um, and I think it really should be individualized to the person. Um, so those factors that we talked about mm-hmm. would explain mostly 80%, 90% of the strokes that we see would be all those lifestyle factors, blood pressure, smoking, wow. those things. It's great. It's it's great content to give people. Like ninety percent of the, you know of of lifestyle choices can reduce your risk factors of stroke. Amazing. Um, what are the top things you'd like people to take away from today's podcast? It's always nice to ask a guest that the we've first, covered lots of things. Yeah, I think that there would be two main things. The first thing is if you or or, or someone that you see or or know um, develops. Um, Difficulty with their speech, weakness on one side of their body, either the face, arm or leg, call an ambulance. If those symptoms come and they go very quickly and they disappear altogether, that is also a dangerous sign. That's what we call a mini stroke or a TIA. And those people are really high risk of having a stroke if they don't get on the right treatment. So those people also need to get um, urgent medical attention on the same day those symptoms happen. So if they come and they go, that's also bad. And that's a real old Irish thing, that, isn't it? 
I'm oh. grand. Yeah. I'm grand. Uh, and it's just something that we that we that we do. And is stroke treatable? Absolutely. So in terms of um, the treatments, I'm so glad to be able to sit here today and say compared to 20 years ago, we had nothing effectively to offer to try and reverse the stroke. Now today, um, we are able to reduce the disability associated with stroke or sometimes reverse it altogether with treatments. One of them is a treatment that we inject and that breaks up the clot, what we call thrombolysis. And the second uh, treatment is where we actually take out the clot within the vessel itself. And that procedure is done in Beaumont Hospital and they do about 350 of these procedures per year. And that has a big effect on, on the outcomes of these p patients. And probably, and, and I'm biased maybe as a stroke doctor to say this, but um, this procedure that's only a decade old probably is one of the biggest medical breakthroughs of um, our, potentially of our generation. And we're very lucky here in Ireland that we have a really great centre in Beaumont that provides this service. So there are certainly treatments, but the key thing is getting in on time. The key predictor of whether or not someone's going to do well or not is getting to hospital on time for these treatments. Because as time goes on, the brain dies. And no matter what we do, the, if the brain is dead, we can't get it back. That's it. Yeah. Wow, okay. And I know World Stroke Day is the 29th of October and the HSC have a new National Stroke Strategy. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so the National Stroke Strategy finally is launching uh, for 2020 to 2025. Uh, we're already two years into that, but it's a really great vision about what the, what the stroke community needs to do to try and uh, reduce the disability uh, associated with stroke. And as you can see, as we've discussed, it's a huge problem. And luckily, thankfully, the, you know, um, the government is listening and providing uh, the resources that we need to try and, and help the people who suffer these strokes. OK, and that's the good. So that's the government kicking in, which is great. But as we've talked about, personal responsibility is absolutely huge in reducing stroke risk factor. You know, all the stuff we, we've gone through, 90% of those things are lifestyle factors people can improve and people can change by moving better, eating better, sleeping better, yeah. uh, and everything else we've chatted about. I think so. I think also it's important to say that society has a big role as well. You know, what we accept as being, you know, it starts at a young age. You know, childhood obesity is one of the highest rates in Europe. Um, and that's not the child's fault. It's, you know, society as a whole yeah. has a responsibility in terms of education and promotion of good, healthy behaviour. So we have a real issue with that in Ireland. And I think it's something that if we want... Um, our, you know, if we want our children and our and and the next generation to live long and and um, healthy lives, then then we need to look at society. You know, society as a whole needs to look at and address the issues that are leading to, um, you know, strokes and heart disease in in young people. And um, I think that as society as a whole, it's not just about personal responsibility, but societal responsibility too, and go, and the government to get to step in to try and promote these things. Dr. John McCabe, thank you so much for coming in to chat with us today. Great content, simple tips, and really important. Thank you so much, folks. If you want more information, it is available on www.hse.ie. That is it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. You know where we are, realhealth.independent.ie or at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. If you've liked what we listened to, don't forget to rate and review on Spotify and on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Slong of Full. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Pride sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.